This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. It is a Friday. It is the Friday before the Super Bowl, which also means that the NFL held its uh, honors uh event on thursday night and uh, yeah. as, as expected matt uh tj watt wins the uh, nfl defensive player of the year award got 42 votes out of 50 were you surprised that well, he, he got I, that many i didn't see that yeah i am a little surprised at that do you do you know where the other votes went i mean yeah uh, okay let's just do that real quick uh micah no, parsons no, yeah, micah parsons got five and aaron donald got three they were the okay. three people that were voted for i, I understand all accounts I'll be honest, and this isn't bashing TJ in any way. I thought Donald would get a Donald would get a bigger portion of the votes. I thought Watt would win it, but Donald hasn't done anything wrong except for being awesome for too many years in a row. Well, remember too, this is this you know the vote is taken before. I know, I know. Yeah, you know the the playoffs anyway. begin, so um, you know his team got to the Super Bowl. Obviously, you know I think if you revoted on that now, it might be a little closer. Uh, but you know, you only get the vote for a regular season award though. Yeah, Yeah. it is. And, and you only get the vote for one person. That's the other part of the equation. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, when people talk about, well, such and such quarterback never got an MVP vote. Well, the voters only vote for one guy. So it's not like you vote for the top five. Um, you vote for one. (laughs) To put that in a better light. I'm not better light. Sorry. You know, like the, the year Mahomes won it. Let's say there was 50 voters. I think 49 of them voted for Mahomes. So not only did Ben not get an MVP vote or Wilson that year, but no did anybody else except for one guy. You know, like that happens a lot where it's just a slam dunk and you only get one vote. So, you know, no one else is going to get any votes. You know, that's not a good way of looking at a player's career is, boy, he's gotten very few MVP votes in his life. Because sometimes it's just such an easy vote that everyone picks the same guy. I don't know if you knew this one, Matt, but that what became – the eighth winner in Steelers history of the NFL's defensive player of the year award. And they first started really? handing out that award, I believe in 1971. So they've had eight, they've had seven wow. different players win eight. Uh, Joe Green won it twice. Mel Blunt, Jack Lambert, Rod Woodson, 93, James Harrison in 2008, Troy Palomalu in 2010. The next closest team to that has four. Wow. That's amazing. And Holy smokes. I mean, I think Blunt was the first corner that ever won it. It's a rare that a safety wins it. Um, I didn't plan on having this chat with you, but you've been covering this team for so long and are so on top of some of these, all these players. I just had a really good conversation with Stan Saverin about, you know, Watt's place in Steeler history, you know, and he asked me if you could pick four linebackers to play the Super Bowl with, how would you do that? But uh, where do you think Watt ranks against Lloyd Green, Harrison, Gildan, Porter, just the three, four outside guys? He's the best. You think he's number one already? I, yeah. I, I don't even think I don't even think there should be a conversation based on what wow. he has done. He's gonna he's gonna break the all time the team's all time sack record next year. You know, yeah, assuming he, he has, stays reasonably healthy. He has seventy two sacks right now, and Harrison's the all time leader with eighty and a half. Yeah. Uh, I I thought Harrison's body of work still stands up against Watson as a conversation, but TJ's 27 and he's going to go past him. I mean, he's, 
He's the third fastest player to, to, to 70 sacks in NFL history. In NFL history. I mean, NFL we're history. Lawrence, Lawrence Reggie Taylor, White. Reggie yeah. White, Reggie guys, White yeah. and his brother are the only two guys who got there faster. <laughs> and they're as no-brainer Hall of Famers as you could ever be. Like, if the, if the Hall of Fame had tiers, Reggie and JJ would be in tier one with Joe Green, you know? Yeah, right. Um, and that's who we're comparing them to now. That's, that's the, you know, and if you look at it, of the guys for the Steelers who have won that – Award, Green, Blunt, Lambert, Woodson, uh, and Paula Malu are all in the Hall of Fame themselves. Harrison's not yet eligible, uh, but I think he'll get some consideration at least. Uh, what's what's we're watching a Hall of Fame career here? We absolutely are. I mean, knock on wood, you know, he doesn't have injuries like his brother does did later in life, and there's no reason to think he will. But even his brother has a Hall of Fame career, as I just mentioned, if he never plays another down in his life. Uh, I actually think, and this is amazingly true with Cam Hayward, too, which is a different subject. But I think they're both getting better still, <laughs> which is which is nuts. the scary thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, you know, so I, I, I to me and I, you know, I per- personally witnessed Woodson in 93, Harrison in 2008, Paul Amalu in 2010, and then Watt this year. Um, you know, covering each one of those games for the, that those guys played in, uh, Watts, Watts season was the best of any of those guys. You think so? Wow. Yeah. I mean, and imagine if he would have played not even every snap, but at least would have played a couple more games. You know, we're talking about the all-time sack champion here. Oh, he would have had 25 sacks this year. Yeah. I, I, I have, I have no doubt if, if he, if he doesn't leave that game against the Raiders early, remember he left that game. In oh the yeah. Quarter. Good point. He gets two, on those he guys. gets three yeah. or four stacks sacks in that game because he was killing Alex Leatherwood. Yeah. I can't remember um, I'm not in that mindset right now. The other games he missed, who the opponents are, but I really don't care either. I mean, there it, it didn't matter. Yeah. It didn't matter. I mean, there aren't right tackles that oh, he's gonna t- take what out of the equation. Like that doesn't happen with this guy. Yeah. And and the the, the crazy thing about it was is oftentimes, and we talked about this. I mean, he was running a gauntlet to the quarterback. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, you know, they, the game against the Titans where he fought through a double team, uh, two guys holding him. They were, they were basically playing Red Rover with him. With their, <laughs> with yeah. both, arm, both of them had their arms around his waist, and he still got to the quarterback. Uh, he is, he's an unstoppable force. He's an unstoppable force. And I keep referencing his brother. It's hard not to. But, I mean, J.J., kind of also had a trademark and the, the JJ SWAT, you know, and I think TJ is getting to that point too. Not only does he bat down passes and play some coverage well, but he gets a ball out too. You know, like LT had that huge Tomahawk blindside, you know, destroying quarterbacks ball comes out. Watt does it differently. I mean, sometimes he's a boxer punching. I mean, but he's a massive priority and he gets a ball loose at an unbelievable amount. Yeah, uh, 22 career force fumbles already. Um, you know, and, and if you remember that first year as a rookie, he had seven sacks coming off the left side as opposed to the right. Um, you know, we we actually true, broke, true. broke the story when he was uh, uh, on DKPittsburghSports.com, and then he talked to us about it uh, on on SNR that when uh, when that was first uh, that move was first made over to the to the to the right side of the offense. Uh, and why that was made. He has just flourished over there. And, yeah, and he has. And that was yep. that was the right move to make. 
I think we can. <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, he was awfully good coming off the, the blind side. I thought it was better for Bud as well. And, yeah. you know, it, but at the time, I remember us talking about going, well, if it isn't better for Bud, so be it, Bud, because TJ's the one that start, serves a drink. He's, and wherever he's, he's the happy, alpha dog. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make him happy first <laughs> and then we'll worry about the other side. And certainly Highsmith looks you know, very comfortable over there, too, of course. Yeah, some of the other uh, things that happened last night, of course, uh, Aaron Rodgers won his uh, his MVP award. That was his fourth MVP award, second in a row. Um, to me, it sounds like he's going back to the Packers next year. How they have to make that work financially, I don't know. Uh, but I don't think he goes anywhere. You don't think so? I mean, I didn't listen to his comments or any of those things or watch the award show. I just was kind of putting two and two together with all their cat problems and whatnot, that this might be the time to do their version of a rebuild, you know, same with like the new Orleans, you know, those type of teams that have been highly successful, but before the playoffs, I felt very confident that he was going to be a Packer and probably bring Adams with them in some capacity. And even if they don't have as good a roster, which they won't because of cat problems, they're going to win the North. You know, I mean, step one's almost in the books already of getting to the playoffs. Right, right. And then again, you look at the the the, the rest of the NFC. Um, you know, you've, you've still got a shot with Rodgers just because of the, you know, the, the, the other quarterbacks that are, are going to be playing in the NFC next year. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're going to be in it. I mean, I, I think it's so massively overblown, too, that boy, this guy's a loser. He can't win playoff game, yada, yada, yada. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't believe that at all. I know I don't want to face Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. No, no, not at all. <laughs> um, the uh, the rest of the awards, uh, not too uh, – nothing surprising. Uh, you know, Jamar Chase, the, uh, the offensive rookie of the year. Uh, the Parsons, Parsons was the yeah. defensive rookie of the year. Uh, Mike Vrabel winning coach of the year seemed to get some people – upset who thought that uh that uh zach taylor should have won the award he didn't he only he got two votes again this is a regular season award i know he won the north and that's commendable and way ahead of schedule but i i didn't hear taylor amongst monks coach of the year candidates or conversations when the regular season ended that that's something i've heard the last couple weeks and the votes are already cast man yeah right uh let's talk about the hall of fame that uh, the guys who went in uh, the group uh, includes uh, Tony Baselli, No real surprise there. Bryant young, Leroy Butler, Richard Seymour, Sam Mills, Cliff branch, Art McNally, and then Dick Vermeil as the coach that goes in. I honestly was surprised that Sam Mills got in this year. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I was, I was there in the room, you know, a couple of years ago when his name mm-hmm. was brought up. And he was among the final 15. And, and quite frankly, he was the first guy eliminated from my 15. Really? I just don't I, think of him as a Hall of Famer. This sounds so bad. I, I, I think this class is really bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, like, I don't think many of these guys are Hall of Famers led by Mills, to be honest with you. I don't see Mills as a Hall of Famer whatsoever. I mean, I, I think the uh, – you know, Zach Thomas is on the same level as him. And I, I, to me, they're all very good players, easy to root for, not Hall of Famers. I mean, not Lambert Butkus Lewis type linebackers. Right. I mean, um, well, I did speak with, 
with uh, you know, I, I texted some some Hall of Fame voters last night asking how exactly Mills got in, um, and I guess there was a push to get him in because it was his last year of eligibility. Yeah, so it's not if, a good enough reason. But yeah, I, if we're gonna look at things that way, then all of a sudden maybe Heinz Ward has a shot. Right. You know, it's either down now or you got to wait. You know. Right. If it's a right class, again, I thought this was a very watered down class. With all respect to Baselli and all these guys, there's not one slam dunk on this list. You know, I I thought Seymour, who I've been lobbying for, and Bryant Young had no chance. You know, because they don't have stats. You know, so. I guess once in a while, it's good to have a watered down class without slam dunks on there so that you could get a couple of these guys in, but then the, the whole building gets a little watered down. Well, and the other thing that you'll notice here is that none of the first time guys got in this year. And right. Right. You know, that Andre was Johnson. He was one of there the was guys. a, there was a push, you know, when I did the vote a few years ago with, with for Palomalu uh, and one of the voters brought, we're putting in too many first time guys. And I'm like, um, why does that matter? Yeah, if you because they, they talk about the, the backlog uh, of guys who, well, there's these guys deserve to get in, but they don't get in because once they get past that first year, uh, then there's all these first guy first year guys who are going in automatically. Um, but if they're a Hall of Famer, they're a Hall of Famer, right? I mean, if Troy was in this class and some and they decide to keep him out for Leroy Butler and Sam Mills just to get them in. <laughs> What are we doing here? Yeah, you know, I, I decided to reevaluate the process. Leroy Butler was also one of the one of the fifteen. Uh, when, in fact, all these guys were these. Every one of these guys were on the the the, the final fifteen ballot when I voted uh, uh, three years ago. Okay, and, and the they other, were easy no's for you, right? Well, see, see more I voted for. Oh, right, right, right. I, but I the but the other four, the other four, I did not. Mm-hmm. You know, so. You know, Seymour is the one I was happy to get in because I didn't think he would, and I think he's deserving. These other guys are just really good players. Baselli, I think, has a strong case because he was an elite player, but it's a short stretch. Um, again, I I, think I, don't, have, I all, don't have an issue with Bryant Young. I mean, I don't either. A, but he was a dominant player. Um, uh, you know, he just again, defensive tackles don't rack up big stats. Uh, right, but right. you know, I, I can remember sitting there and, and the the argument for Sam Mills uh, or the, the discussion for Sam Mills when, when, when he was presented was that, well, you know, he was, he's the, the best, he has the most tackles of, of guys under five foot 10 in NFL history. <laughs> okay. That doesn't mean he should be in the hall of fame. Right. I mean, do we put Spud Webb in the, in the hall of fame? Cause he has the most under five ten or whatever, you know, like, it's a big man's game. You know, we don't make put an asterisk by guys just because you're short. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy talk to me. How about Vermeil going in as a coach? I was glad you brought him up because I was going to bring him up too. And I feel like I always bash Bill Cower in this conversation because I thought of all the coaches that have gone in recently, Cower to me is about as borderline as you could get or would be like my on the fence type guy. So I'm sitting here thinking Vermeil versus Cower is kind of a wash to me. And frankly, I think I'd leave both out. I mean, I know that doesn't score a lot of points here in Pittsburgh, but I neither one screams Hall of Famer to me. Yeah, I mean, his overall record, 120, 109, and one. Or no, it doesn't have, didn't have any ties. Um, you know, I just look, right. at, I look at the records, uh, you know, a lot of – 
a lot of losing seasons in there. In fact, you know, he coached uh, right. 12, 15 years and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of those 15 years. He was, he was under 500. Really? Was a couple of them really under 500 too? Four, and ten, four and 10 in Phil, his first two years of Philadelphia. You know, we, we can give him a pass. Sure. You that. take over an awful team. Yeah. I get it. They were four and 10. They were five and nine. His first couple years in St. Louis, people forget. I'd say that St. Louis isn't much better, though. Yeah, five and eleven, four and twelve. Uh, his first year in Kansas City, six and ten. So, you, it, it, but his next. Was he last, there when they traded Bettis and drafted Lawrence Phillips? Um, I think so. You know, like greatest show on turf. Yeah, he. he um, Marks, you know. Well, no, Bettis was traded in '96. Okay. Okay. So he took that's over. That's the era that was, of Rams. That was Rich, that was Rich Books. Yeah. Rich Books. Okay. Okay. That, yeah. yeah. You're right. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think he's easy to root for. Everyone loves him. Emotional guy. Players, you know, really play hard for him. And he's got a great track record. But that doesn't scream Hall of Fame to me. I mean, again, seeing Vermeil get in and to some degree, top power just assures me that. Tomlin, Harbaugh, Peyton, Carroll, you know, let alone Reed and Belichick. I mean, they're shoo-ins now. Well, I, what I don't get, uh, once again, like, how is Marty Schottenheimer? That's a not, good one, too. Right. Not get any kind of uh, – he doesn't even get mentioned for this. And you look at his career, and in, uh, what was it, 20, 21 years as a head coach, he had one losing – two losing seasons. Yeah. In 21 Consistently years. Consistently a contender. Yeah. Now, did he win the Super Bowl? No, he never won a Super Bowl. He he got close with Cleveland a couple of times. He got close with Kansas City one year. Mm-hmm. Um, it, His I, Chargers I, teams were always in it, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I just – I don't know. I, I look at that. Um, he, he The man has 200 career wins. Mm-hmm. He has a 200-126-1 record in his career. That's Hall of Fame type material. I, I don't, I, you know, you were you had a winning record or or five hundred or better record in nineteen of your twenty one years in the league. <laughs> yeah. You did something right, you know. You did something right. It's hard to have sustained winning in this league and a, a couple different stops. You know, like I know some people argue against some head coaches. You know, along the lines of. Well, LaFleur is awesome because he is Rodgers. You even hear it with Tomlin. You know, he inherited Ben, so he's, you know, great. Well, you can't even make that argument for some of these guys like Schottenheimer that had to, that had sustained winning in several spots. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm with you on Schottenheimer. I also think Coriel should be in over Vermeil. Yeah, um, I think uh, Shanahan will be the guy now that gets the next push. Um, Mike Shanahan. I would vote for him over, over uh, Vermeil as well. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know how much stock yeah. you could put into it, but the fact that the Shanahan tree and system is so alive and well, I think speaks fondly for Shanahan after he's been done. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you know, my thinking on the coaching tree stuff, I'm not huge. on. I, that. I just mean the influence. That's why I'm so yeah. good on Coriel because they did things ahead of their time and changed the way people view offense really. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Um, you know, I, I think it's in many cases, especially when you're talking about guys that didn't win Super Bowls, there's there's a bit of a bias there. Uh, too much is put on that one game. And, hey, it's a championship. I get it. Sure, sure. Uh, that that That's the ultimate goal. Uh, but just because you didn't win it 
doesn't mean that you weren't great. And I do think sounds bad, but just because you win one doesn't mean you should go in either, you know, like a career winning percentage, you know, 20 years of excellence, like Schottenheimer to me way outweighs one good year, you know, like right, right. You know, some of these coaches that caught lightning in a bottle, one good team got hot at the right time. I mean, no, you know, like Doug Peterson is not in the hall of fame conversation just because he won with the, he won a hall. You know, he won a, right. People are going right, to talk right. about, you know, McVay's going to get a lot of that here in the, in the uh-huh. coming years. Well, you know, he's, he's gone to a couple of Super Bowls, which is great. Uh, maybe he'll win this, this one. Um, if he wins this one, he'll start to get in that, that conversation, I think. And if he wins this one, then, I, you know, I think you've gone twice in a short period of time, and maybe, maybe you deserve that, that kind of consideration. Um, but I, I bet his winning percentage is really good, too. You know, simply just getting there and winning once. Um, oh, no. Not enough. You, yeah, you had, because the toughest thing to do, I think, in the league is win consistently. I do, too. You know, we've seen a lot of, a lot of teams, uh, you know, that Jaguars team from 2017, come out of nowhere and have one good year. Right. And then, if, and then they fall back off. That, that's what I'm going to be interested with with the, with the Bengals. Exactly. Uh, I'm glad you brought them up. Right. Can you, can you okay, you, you've done this now. Can you sustain it, or do you take a step back next year? Right. You know, you're not going to be picking in the top of the draft. You're not going to you're, you're, you're be on the road agents. and win the yeah. nights and, you know. You're free agents now that you've gone to a Super Bowl. The guys who are going to be free agents on your team are now more coveted mm-hmm. by other teams. You, yeah. know, uh, you know, so Jesse Bates, for example, their, their free safety is going to be an unrestricted free agent this year. Yeah. Um, you know, is, is, does he price himself out of Cincinnati? And then, okay, now you got a, now you got a hole in the back end of your defense. Or you're dealing with a guy on a franchise tag that maybe isn't quite worth a franchise tag. Or I know he's only in his second year, but it's not going to be long until you're paying Burrow. You know, right. <laughs> I mean, like that's and, coming. It, it, and Higgins comes up, you know, the, the right around yeah, that same, same time. Year, you right. know, can you can you keep all those guys together? Uh, you know, are you going to be able to fix your offensive line picking 31 or 32? Right, Maybe, right. Things like I mean, that. Usually your first pick or you're usually your second pick is right around where your first pick is this year. Yeah, so you're you're not getting quite the quality of guys. And hey, you earned those 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 previous draft picks. You earned Joe Burrow. You earned the right to draft Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, much like the when you look at that Jaguars team and people, I can remember writing about that when when uh, you know the the Steelers played them twice that year in 2017. Well, how do they get this defense so good? Look at what they did. Well, they had top ten picks eight like eight years in a row. How do you not have it good? <laughs> you know, like you look at the Jags, like why isn't Jalen Ramsey and Fournette and blah, 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 all these guys that were super high picks, you know, foundations of your team right now. You know, I, I had a really good conversation on my podcast two days ago where we really broke down the methods of how the Rams and Bengals were built. And the Rams are unbelievably unique, you know, the way they handle draft picks and whatnot. But the Bengals, I gave them a lot of credit, but I also said they lucked out by being terrible at the right time too. <laughs> you know, there's some of that. Yeah. That, that yeah. always, you know, if you, if again, if you're, if you were got the number one overall pick, uh, what the year before, or two years before, you know, when the Browns had it. Right, right, right. Or this year, maybe, or yeah. You know. And you're sitting here looking at these quarterbacks going, okay, we don't love any of these guys, uh, yeah. but, but we got to take one because we don't have one. Yeah. I mean, my co-host even threw out there. He's like, 
if Burrow doesn't emerge from in you know the middle of nowhere, no no one talked about Burrow this time going into his final year at LSU. Well, they draft Tua, and I bet they're not in the Super Bowl with Tua right now. You know, yeah, right. And, so. and everybody gets breaks. I mean, Ben shouldn't have fall, fell into the Steelers that year. I mean, I understand that, but um, I don't know that they're genius team builders. Is all I'm saying. Right. So, yeah. Let's yeah. again. That goes to the sustaining part of it. You right. Got there. I mean. right, now, right. can you sustain that? Right. You know, and, so. And, and they, you have a Kevin Colbert in the building that knows how to handle that stuff. We'll see. I, I think the odds came out today for next year's Super Bowl already. The the the, the leading oh, really? contenders, and the Bengals aren't the favorite in the AFC next year. I'm not even. They wouldn't be in my top two. I don't know if that even. It's the started. Bills and the Chiefs. I think the Bills are the best team in the league. Right I think now. the Bills. I mean, and I I think the Bills are, will be clearly ahead of the Chiefs. Yes. After this offseason, because I think the Chiefs are going to lose some guys. I think the Bills roster might be better than the one we saw last. The Chiefs, I'm certain, will be worse. I think the Bengals will be better, though, their roster, because they have cap space. We'll see. I mean, I think I think you we'll got to do with it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, to me, because of their situation uh, with their facilities, I think they might have to overpay a little bit to get guys to come in, even though they've they'll just be coming off of a, a Super Bowl win. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure players will now want to play with Burrow. But that has not been a destination for a long time. They still don't have, they're the only team in the league that doesn't have an indoor facility. Yeah. And I talked about that on the podcast too. Like they don't have an indoor and they just recently just, you know, have developed the scouting staff. They practice under a highway, you know, like it's not that glorious. Yeah. For a team, you know, for, you know, you you see guys coming out of college and they're, they're coming from these, you know, beautiful facilities in college. And then they got to go play for the, (laughs) like you're taking a step back. You know, it's so we'll talk more about the Super Bowl, what we think is going to happen. Yeah, I'm excited about that in the uh, next segment. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this.